Good morning. Howdy. You guys say howdy better than you do say good morning. Um, John chapter 14, verse 26 is where we're going to be this morning. And if you have your Bible, and I hope that you do have your Bible with you, feel free to turn there, please. You know, it is a blessing that we have the, the Bible on the screen. And I don't want to be legalistic and saying you have to have your Bible, but I do think that it's powerful when we bring a copy of God's Word uh, with us. And for that, for that matter, I think it's important uh, to take it everywhere you go. You know, always have a copy of the Bible. If you're, if you're looking for um, a Bible app, uh, you can talk to James or Corey or even your Sunday school teacher, your friends. There's all kinds of Bible apps. Be careful that you... Uh, Make sure it's a good version, okay? This accurate uh, version, translation of the Word of God. This morning, I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. John chapter 14, verse 26 is where we'll be this morning. John chapter 14, verse 26. If you're a guest this morning, uh, we have been going through a series titled, Together We Believe. We need to understand what we believe and why we believe it. What do we believe as Christians? What do we believe uh, as believers? What do you believe? What do you think about God? Who is He? Who is God the Father? Who is God the Son? Who is God the Holy Spirit? And so today, it's impossible for us to cover all the ground when it comes to the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. So we're going to scratch the surface, or at least try to, And I'd like to ask you if you're physically able to please stand in honor of reading of God's Word. Right after you got comfortable, right? John chapter 14, verse 26. By the way, the Lord's not really interested in our comfort, is He? I found that out, you know, ever since I came to know Jesus, seventh grade. Because the rest of, uh, well, not seventh grade, but yeah, my seventh grade was a hard year. Why? Because the Lord's really not interested in my comfort. He grows us in the valley. John chapter 14, verse 26. If you're there, say word. Okay, making sure no one's snoozing. But the helper, notice capital H, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Let's pray. Father God, we pray that you would deposit this word into our lives. God, we are so humbled, God, that we get to come into your presence. But Lord, the reality is is that you're already with us. You're already inside of us to those who believe. And so God, we pray right now, Lord, that you would capture our hearts, our minds. God, you would speak to your people. Father, you would continue to move among us and through us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Who is the Holy Spirit? He's not a force, okay? It's not like Star Wars. Uh, The Holy Spirit's not a, a secret force. He's not an it. He is a person. He is God. He has all the characteristics of the Godhead. Wow. If there's any area that we are deficient 
at least especially in the Baptist church, concerning the Godhead, it is the Holy Spirit. It's the role of the Holy Spirit that we may not um, understand even a little bit about. Or, or how do we relate to the Holy Spirit? You know, when we father, uh, when we pray, not father, when we pray, Jesus gave us, us the example, our Father who is in heaven, right? Hallowed be thy name. So we should pray to God the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit made possible by Jesus, through Jesus, to God the Father. John chapter 14 is an interesting chapter, okay? And I'd like to introduce this verse, uh, verse 26, to give us some context. Jesus uh, had just washed the disciples' feet in the following, the previous chapter. It's kind of strange, right? God's washing the feet of his disciples. Then he begins to tell them a story about that the Son of Man must be lifted up. So they all, uh, they become a little anxious He's kind of speaking in code, basically saying, hey guys, I'm about to die. He tells them that uh, one of them would betray him. What? Uh, Basically, he was talking about Judas. He told Peter he would deny him three times. Peter? I mean, one of like the the guys on the A-team, one of the all-American disciples, the one that walked on the water. Peter would deny him three times. And so they were filled with anxiety. They were stressed out. They, they were a little nervous. Maybe today that's where you're at. Friend, I want to tell you that the Lord has the power to calm your nerves, to calm your, your circumstances. He has the power to alter your circumstances. He has the power to speak in your life. There's nothing that can stop him. He is all-powerful. And so then he gets to John chapter 14, and, and Jesus says, look, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And so Jesus was telling them, hey, guys, I'm going to go away. I'm going to go, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And you're not going to pick out uh, your, your house or your dwelling place or, or your room when you get to heaven. I'm going to work that out for you because guess what? I'm God and I already know what you like. And I'm going to work that out. And so until then, i got a work for you to do. And so Thomas, he speaks up. It's hilarious. He says, well, Lord, if, if we're going to go to this place where you are, we need to know the directions, okay? We need to put, I, I need the address to put in my GPS, And so what did Jesus say in John 14, verse 6? I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Thomas is scrambling. Somebody write that down. And then he realizes, I don't really understand that fully. Is Jesus telling a joke? Is he trying to be funny? Don't you love the honesty of Thomas in the Bible? And then in verse 8, Philip begins to have a, a trinity moment. He begins to have a trinity uh, crisis, basically. He says, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and still you do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? 
Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Wow. And then if you go, so we're just kind of flying through chapter 14 to give us proper context of verse 26. Look at verse 17. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot, keyword, cannot receive because it, is neither, it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. This is why we cannot get so frustrated with people out in the world that do not know the Lord. We can get frustrated, but at the end of the day, they don't know Christ, and they do not have the Holy Spirit living inside of them, and they are going to act like lost people. Think about your life before you came to know Christ. Exactly. That's how they're going to act. Notice in verse 17, he says, you know him, at the end of verse 17, you know him, for he dwells with you. Understand this truth, that God, who made everything, the universe, the stars, you, he knows the hairs upon your head, he dwells with you. Friend, that should encourage you. That should encourage your heart. And then look at the rest of the verse, and will be in you. You see that phrase, will be? That's a future tense. That means that it has not happened yet for the disciples, but it would. And when would that happen? The day of Pentecost, right? So, here we are talking about the Holy Spirit. I'd like to give you four advantageous benefits of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. Uh, Many of our people have heard me share these before. Four advantageous benefits of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer, okay? Number one, this is not rocket science. We do have some guys here that maybe could help you with that, I think, I don't know. Number one, that's out of my lane. Number one, presence. We just talked about it. He dwells with you and he will be, will be in you, verse 17. When you, uh, so guess what? The Lord's always with you. Now that, that's a, such a, a profound truth that it's simple when we hear it. In fact, it can lull us to sleep when you hear that. Oh, that's great. Jesus is with me. That's nice. I like that. I just love Jesus. But the reality is, is that God himself is with the believer. Not only is he with you, but he is inside of you. He is uh, the hope of glory. Paul called it a great mystery. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And whether you feel that or not, it doesn't change the fact that God's with you. You know, it's, it's, it's on those really hot days. It's 110 degrees where you're working and uh, nothing's working out. You know, God's there. He's with you. When you're starting a new class at school and everything is, right, you know, grating on your nerves and nothing's working out, and nothing works, the computer doesn't work, some of the teachers in the house, nothing's working, your lesson plan, you left it at home, and just, your life's falling apart. The Lord's there. He's with you. I don't feel like he's with, he's with you. He said he's with you. He said he's going to be with you. 
So he's with you, but guess what else? He's inside of you. So faith activates your emotions oftentimes. So if you want to feel and have all the comfort of the Holy Spirit, just believe it. Just decide right now, hey, I'm going to start believing that God is with me through the Holy Spirit in those moments. When we cognitively think with our, with our brain and believe that Jesus is with us, it changes everything. Example, my wife uh, was starting a new job in a new city a few years ago in Carrierville, Tennessee. Anybody ever been there? A few people. And so there she was, and she, she was thinking about her whole life. And she was in a little Honda, 96 Honda, no, a Saturn. That, what was that car? It was a Saturn? We just called it the Saturn. It was a white car, 1996, second engine that was in the car. And uh, it was a, it had been wrecked before. But she paid for it on her own. I'm so proud of my wife. And uh, yeah, paid her way through college, worked two jobs. So, you pray, guys, if you pray for a future wife, you can marry way up, way over your head. So there she was in her Saturn driving through Carville, and, and the two or three lanes went down to one lane. You know, sometimes on the roads, people, they even can make you un- uncomfortable uh, telling you which roads you have to go down sometimes. People that like choices on the coast don't like that. They don't like people telling you uh, to go down this, this one way. There's like five ways to get to our church oftentimes on Sunday morning. Sometimes I go all the different ways just to see what I see. Anyways. So here, we, here she was in Carville, and, and she's starting a new job, a new place. Uh, change was happening, and she gets to the red light, and she notices all of these large, very large military vehicles pull up beside her. In fact, they hemmed her in on every single side. I mean, army tanks and Humvees and, and huge armored vehicles. And there she was, right in the middle of all that. She was surrounded on every side. She said the Holy Spirit just spoke to her heart. Isaiah, the words of Isaiah 52. The Lord will go before you. The God of Israel will be your rear guard. Friend, as powerful as our military is, the Lord's military and his power is infinitely more powerful. Not only does he come behind you, Not only is he inside of you, not only is he with you, but he goes before you too. Teachers, he's already at school before you get there. He's already at work. Even if you spill your coffee on the way and you get to the office, the Lord, he's there. He's already, he already knows what's going to happen. He knows when you're going to be surprised at the last minute. Dwelling place. The same word used here when he says in verse 17, he dwells with you. That's the same uh, word that he used in verse 2. Talking about heaven. It draws out a profound, wild truth. You ready for it? We do not have to wait until we get to heaven to be with Jesus. (gasps) We don't have to wait to get to heaven, to be with Jesus because the Lord is with us in the form of the Holy Spirit. And if we sing songs about 
only containing words about when we get to heaven to be with Jesus, then we have not properly understood the correct doctrine concerning the Holy Spirit. So presence, the presence of the Holy Spirit is a great benefit. Number two, the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 18 through 20. So Jesus understands they're a little anxious. Verse 18, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. You see that? You see the language? He says, guys, I'm going away. And all these people that are following me around, by the way, we know there's 18 to 25,000 people following Jesus sometimes. That's a lot of people. What? That is a lot of people. That's, that's a lot of, you got to have a lot of food on hand. You got to have good crowd management. They didn't have cell phones or megaphones. It just stresses me out thinking about it. And there they were, an organization of 12 people. And Jesus says, guys, I'm going to leave you. You think your life is nervous sometimes? Imagine their disciples. But then he says, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. You see, Jesus knew that he would die on the cross. He knew he would come back to life three days later. And he knew he would come at the day of Pentecost to reside inside of the Holy Spirit. I mean, inside of believers. You see, God desires not for you to be a superhero Christian, for you to go and and save the world and help everybody. But he desires that you would rest crucified and that you surrender and let him live his life through you. So it's Christ coming through you to go serve. It's Christ coming through you to love. Because on your own strength, you're not going to get too far. He says... You will also live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Verse 20. He's talking about the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it all comes to make sense for the disciples. Uh, Towards the end of chapter, Acts chapter 1 and uh, Acts chapter 2. But a powerful verse in uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, one of the last things Jesus said to his disciples before he ascended into heaven But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That word power, many of you know, is where we get our English word dynamite, dunamis. It means that there will be power on your life if you know the Lord. Well, I don't feel like it. Oh, I don't feel like there's power on my life. Friend, you need to find out what's in your life that is dark what, what's in your life that is sinful? What in, what in your life uh, that is not of God? And, and, and lay it at the feet of Jesus. But sometimes even when we do have sin in our life, the Lord still loves us, especially if he's still inside of us. I know I cannot, uh, this is crazy to think about. But I don't feel that power do you have faith that the Holy Spirit even exists, friend? Do you have faith that he even exists? You're not going to have power on your life if you don't take God at his word. 
God has given us some awesome commands in Scripture. Expectations, what he expects out of the church. Disciples of all nations, that's right. But he never asked us to do any of that alone. Never asked us to do any of that on our own strength. Example of the power of God. In 1854, listen to this illustration. 1854, a sailing vessel was about to crash on the reef near an island with cannibals. A distressed look was on the captain's face as he knew the ship had been caught in a current and there was no wind to push the ship away from the coming reefs. The captain knew they would crash and no one would survive after the attack from the locals. Our fate seems sealed. We have done everything that can be done, said the captain to a young Englishman. No, replied the young man. There are four of us on board who are Christians. Let each of us go to our cabin and ask in prayer that for the Lord to give us a breeze immediately. So they prayed, and after a few minutes of earnest prayer, the young man came back on deck, confident that his petition had been granted. Finding the first officer, a godless man who was in charge, the young man requested for them to let the corner of the main cell down. What would be the good of that, said the officer. The young man explained that four of them had prayed and asked for the wind and that it was going to come immediately. And there would not be a minute to lose since they were nearing the reefs. The officer replied, nonsense, you can't pray up a wind. Noticing the top cell began to tremble. The officer said, that is a cat's paw, a mere puff of wind. The young man said, never mind what you think. Let down the mainsail quickly. So they let down the sail, and the wind came, and in a minute they were sailing away from the reefs. You know, God can do anything he wants to do, whatever he wants to do it, and however he chooses. The young man wrote in his journal, Thus God encouraged me, landing on China's shores to bring every variety of need to him in prayer, and to expect that he would honor the name of the Lord Jesus and give that help which each emergency required. Thus, John chapter 14, verse 3, was woven into the life of J. Hudson Taylor. John 14, 3 says, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You know that power today? The power of Christ is made available, available to us through the Holy Spirit. Number three, purpose. Purpose. We have purpose because of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, Jesus says, Whoever has my commandment, who has kept my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. He who loves me will be beloved by my Father. Well, how do we keep the commandments of God? By letting the helper help you. We can have great purpose. And if our obedience is the goal, then every day we can have purpose. When you don't feel like it, you can have purpose. When you feel discouraged, you can have purpose. When your feelings are hurt, you can have purpose. And our purpose is not dedicated, dictated. Sorry. I got sunburned yesterday and my brain's not working. Our purpose is not dictated 
by circumstances. Our purpose is dictated by our Savior who has promised to be with us, help us, and live inside of us. Do you know this purpose? Did you know there's power in the name of Jesus? Did you know that? A few years ago, we were trying to share the gospel in some inner cities in the Philippines. And just like here, the more in the city, the less freedom you have to share the gospel. And so we were here in these inner city uh, school and we had traveled a long ways to share the good news, share, share the gospel. And there was a, a gate all the way around the schoolyard and there was a big guard with a, a huge machine gun. And uh, we said, sir, we need to get in here. And he says, no, you're not allowed. And uh, we had contacted the school a few days earlier and they gave us permission to come. But the guard just said, no, you're not coming in here. And so we stayed around for 30 minutes and, and we're frustrated and it was hot. We were sweating and uh, hungry and thirsty and just feeling discouraged, really, that we had failed. We didn't do what we were supposed to do. And I remember uh, all of a sudden the Lord brought to my mind that there's power in the name of Jesus. And so I walked up to this guard and I said, sir... We've come in the name of Jesus Christ. We've come to share the good news that Jesus saves with all the students in this school. And we need to get in here. And if I'm lying, I'm dying. This gentleman looked into my eyes and said, okay. And he opened the door and all, and all eight of us walked in and shared the gospel with every classroom. There is power in the name of Jesus. If you don't believe it, try it out sometime. But you have to have faith in that name. You can't just use that name for your own purposes. A lot of people try to do that. A lot of bad things happen to them because of it. Lastly, peace of Christ. Perhaps this is the greatest advantage of the Holy Spirit, having the helper in us. Peace in Christ. Look at John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And then Jesus made peace on the cross. Jesus made peace for us on the cross. Do you know that peace today? Do you know that peace that is there even when your life's falling apart? And then let's look at verse 26. We have a slide for this. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 26. The verse you read at the beginning. But the Helper, capital H, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, who he will send in my name, Jesus is talking about Pentecost, for us today he has sent the Holy Spirit already. So for us, the Holy Spirit's already come. And when we were born again, simultaneously, the Holy Spirit entered into our body. There are denominations that believe that you come into Christ and then maybe hours later or a day later or even a week later, you're baptized by the Holy Spirit. And we may have some people in our church that believe that, but I personally do not believe that that is an accurate reading of God's Word. 
I think I believe based on what happens is that it, according to God's word that immediately the spirit of God takes up residence in your life. You say, "Well, where is he?" He's inside of you. Is he in my arms? Is he in my ears? Is he in my Where is he? I believe it's somewhere in here. And I I don't know how to explain that. Paul called it a mystery. Paul, the Apostle Paul called it a mystery. We need to realize that we're not going to figure it all out on one Sunday morning. But then he says, he will teach you all things. He will teach you all things. So the Lord, by the power of the Spirit of God, is here right now. Okay? And he's here today, and he's teaching us through the Holy Spirit. And what does he teach us? Well, check this out. And bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. You see that? It means that the Lord help us remember his words. His word. It's like when you're tempted, God gives you a word from his word. You know, uh, maybe some of you took Bible drill when you were a child, and years later, you were faced with a circumstance, and all of a sudden, that verse came back to you. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And this week you may face a circumstance where the Holy Spirit brings you a verse. It may be from today's sermon. It may be from your Sunday school class. It may be from your quiet time with the Lord. God's always speaking. He has spoken, He is speaking, and He will speak. And if we don't listen, then the Holy Spirit still, He can speak to you. But most of the time, He speaks through His Word. Why? I don't know. I mean, he can write it on the wall. He can speak through a rainbow. He can speak through animals. He can speak through nature. He can speak through your mom or dad, your friend, a random stranger. And he does speak many of those ways. But most of the time, he speaks through his word. So how do we get all these benefits? Well, by believing, by taking God at his word, having faith in his word, faith in Faith is the special ingredient needed to activate our consciousness of the reality of Christ in us. Jesus told the disciples in John chapter 16, a few chapters later, he says, I'll tell you the truth, guys. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I'm going to ask right now as we close, every eye closed, every head bowed, ask our instrumentals to come up here. We're, we're about to have a quick time of invitation. And maybe today you uh, realize that you've been running from the Holy Spirit. Friend, I want to tell you, Psalm chapter 139 verse 8 says, who, uh, says, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Friend, this morning, as we go into this time of invitation, we need to stop grabbing hold of things in our lives and start holding on to the Lord. He'll never let go of you. He wants you to dwell with him now and forevermore. This morning, if you need to make a decision, we're here. We'd love for you to...
pray about joining our church. We, uh, you may have things you'd like us to pray with you in person. You may want to grab your friend on the, on the seat right beside you to pray with you this morning. You respond as the Lord leads.